I am a recovering control freak. One of the features of this condition is that by nature, I hate change. When I finally get used to something, I need it to stay exactly that way for as long as possible. The Buddhist concept that speaks to my struggle is that attachment leads to suffering. I crave permanence in an impermanent world, and I have suffered a lot. As I've begun to recover from this debilitating condition, I have started to see life differently. To understand this transformation, I have to take you back to my great-great-grandmother, Elsie Caroline Duncan, who was born on the Civil War battlefield of Shiloh, Tennessee. Like many wealthy white families in the area, Elsie Caroline's family owned two types of slaves, those who worked in the fields and those who worked in the house. Slave owners grew attachments to people in their home environments, even though they were unwilling or unable to see the lack of humanity in the ownership of human beings. Elsie Caroline's daughter, my great-grandmother, married a man from Cortland, Mississippi, and took the last name Wells. By the 1940s, after slavery had long been outlawed, the Wells had a hired man named Lish Bain. Lish was the descendant of former slaves in the area, though I don't know if his family had been owned by mine. My father talks about how Lish had a mule he would use to help plow the garden, and my dad, as a young boy, would ride the mule while Lish plowed. The boy on the mule grew up. Defying authority and custom, my father married a Sicilian Catholic girl. He joined the National Guard and guarded Dr. King on the march from Selma to Montgomery. My dad would spend his early professional career integrating what used to be called black jobs and white jobs into just plain jobs. But for this change, I claim to detest so much. I would be sitting somewhere on a southern plantation, married to a fine, upstanding man of culture and wealth, being served by people of African descent, whom I own by inheritance or purchased, while honestly believing that they were my friends. Instead, I live just two blocks from here with my family, two boys, and my wife, an overeducated feminist dedicated to social justice, whose true love is the University of Alabama football. From slave ownership to integrationist, I have really enjoyed piggybacking on all that generational progress. This was the progress of others, however, not me. I labored under the illusion that racism was not my problem, it was the problem of ignorant people. My parents were pretty impressive for their age in geography, and I was even better. I was a bona fide liberal. Changing my identity from a nice, helpful liberal to a white person of privilege has been painful. I'm early in my enlightenment. I've made a spiritual commitment to look at life through a racially just lens wherever I can, and I'm bad at it. But like all the messages in my head about controlling my world, I have to reprogram my brain to try new ideas and actions, no matter how painful. It is knowingly sitting in white superiority that is really painful, not the change that comes with examining and challenging my own privilege. I want my children to experience the legacy I bring by dealing with life 
with courage like those before me. Granted, it's a lot slower than I want, but with this commitment, I embrace impermanence. The best is yet to be. Come, let us worship together.